Well, let's start today with Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We're going to put it on the screen as we have every single week uh, during this series. There's so much more series. Simply says this, Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. And you've heard me say multiple times over these last few weeks, to, in your Bible or in your notes, whatever that might be, to underline, to circle, to underscore, make it huge, make it big, focus on it, that statement, infinitely more. Because that's what we're asking God to do, so much more than we could ever dream of, so much more than we could ever ask, so much more than we could ever imagine. And we need to believe in our hearts without any doubts that God is able to do it. Listen, understand this. Everything that we're talking about, revival, salvations, baptisms, people engaged and locked together in community and serving, giving, seeing our lives changed by the gospel, seeing loved ones come to Christ, all of those things are not some pipe dream that we just hope it happens and we're, we're dreaming that it happens. Oh boy, I sure hope it. God is able. Do you believe that today? God is able. There is nothing that is outside of the grasp of our holy God. Our God is all-powerful. Our God can do all things. And so what He absolutely has told us is to believe in big things, to dream big dreams, to have big vision. When God led the, the children of Israel to walk up to the walls of Jericho, I can guarantee you that seemed like a daunting task. That seemed like a pretty big thing. They were probably wondering, man, there's no way we're going to be able to defeat them. These ancient walls are so tall. They're so big. How in the world are we ever going to overcome something like that? And yet God continued to tell them, trust me, because I can do infinitely more than you could ever ask or think. And so they did exactly what God told them to do. They walked those walls. They did moment by moment, step by step. They obeyed God. They did exactly as God led them to do. And God did what he will always do. God will always fulfill his promises. There is not a promise that is found in God's word that God will not absolutely fulfill. He fulfills them all. And so what we have to recognize today as we come to the conclusion of our 21-day fast, as we come to the conclusion of our 21 days of prayer, as we come to the conclusion of our, uh, our season of trusting God to do so much more, is that we have to recognize our own personal responsibility. Because here's the one thing that we must never allow ourselves to do. We can never allow ourselves to get to the place where we believe that God can do so much more that God can do infinitely more than we might ask or think. And so what we do is we take a back seat and just say, God, it's your problem. I don't need to mess with it anymore. And that is the wrong stance that we as Christians should have. God expects us to act. God requires us to do something. God requires us to be faithful. God requires us to serve. God requires us to reach beyond our grasp to reach outside of our comfort zones. We look down here with Johnny Hunton. Johnny is 92 years old. I said earlier today that he was 93, and he corrected me. He said, no, I'm not 93, I'm 92. The reason he said that is because he turns 93 next week, so technically he's right. (laughs) 
But I'm going to stick with 93 years old because at 93 years old, he has every right to go home to get a really comfortable rocking chair, put it on the front porch, and he and his dear wife, Pat, to sit there and to rock there and look out into the beautiful skies and just enjoy life. He's done a lot of things in his journey. He's been faithful throughout his journey, has every right to sit back and take it easy. But yet what Johnny continues to do is to reach beyond his grasp. Engagement with the Gideons a passion to get the Word of God into the hands of people in, in prisons and in hotels and, and in door-to-door visitation and, and all these different aspects, these different places literally around the globe. He has a passion to do that, to get God's Word into their hands. But that's not the only thing that he does at 93 years old. At 93 years old, he continues every week to go out into prisons throughout the state of Virginia, and he goes out and he preaches and he sings the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he's faithful every single week at 93. What's your problem? (laughs) At 93 years, give him a hand. He deserves that. (laughs) But here's what I know about Johnny Hunton. He's 93 and he's in good health. But regardless of how uh, the journey might be ahead for him, regardless of how many years, and I pray that it's many more years that God gives to him, I know this, he will be faithful to do what God has called him to do until he takes his last breath. And that's reaching outside of our grasp, to reach beyond our comfort zone. A 93-year-old man preaching in prisons to guys who are people in society that have done some horrible things, and yet Johnny cares for them. Man, that's the passion that we've got to have. When we talk about God doing so much more, the responsibility, the burden that is on our shoulders is this, is that God expects us to have a passion and to do the work. He's chosen us to be a part of this journey. And so today I want you to look into your notes. We're going to spend some time talking about the importance of reaching beyond our grasp. The, the, the idea of reaching beyond what is, is natural, reaching outside of our comfort zone, recognizing that God has a great plan. And I want to start in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. And it says this, Paul writing, Yet preaching the good news, the gospel, is not something I can boast about. In other words, it's not something to be prideful over. Sharing the gospel is not something that we should, you know, make ourselves feel good about, pat ourselves on the back because we're being faithful. Look what he says here. Because I am compelled by God to do it. How terrible for me if I didn't preach the good news. Like how bad would it be if I was not faithful in sharing the faith of Jesus Christ? How bad would it be if I was not responsible to take that, uh, that, re- that responsibility, that burden, and take it out to share with people the gospel of Jesus Christ? Paul says, man, this would be awful if I did that. I would be shirking my duty. I would be running from my responsibility, my God-given responsibility. And know this, do not miss this. Every single one of us should feel the exact same way that the Apostle Paul felt. It is our duty. When Jesus told the disciples in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, when he called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. That was a call that Jesus gave not only to those men by the seashore, but he gave to each and every one of us. So let's talk about today the importance of reaching. The importance of reaching outside of what is natural, reaching outside of that natural grasp in our lives. And the first thing we see right out, right out of the gate here, is that it is commanded by God. It's commanded by God. 
You don't have the luxury of thinking, hey, you know, if I've got time, I'll do it. If it uh, fits into my schedule, you know, if I look at my, my calendar and I can kind of squeeze in a couple of minutes here and there, yeah, I'll do it. No, it is commanded by God. Look in the passage of Scripture here, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16. And then Jesus told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. In your Bible, man, you ought to, again, underscore, uh, outline, circle, go into all the world and preach the good news. It is our job. It's not something that uh, you have to be called to do because we're all called to do. It's not something that you've got to go to seminary for because every person, regardless of what you do, regardless of your career path, we are challenged by God to be faithful in sharing the good news, to share the gospel. Why? Because anyone who does not believe in the gospel, believes that Jesus died and that he rose again, they will spend eternity in hell. And many times that responsibility rests firmly on our shoulders. The people in your life, your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, if they spend an eternity in hell, part of the responsibility of that is on us. So, man, we got to be faithful. It's commanded by God. Secondly, it's also God's plan for all of us. It's God's plan. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He's being patient for your sake. Because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, wants everyone to repent. Now, here's what's important. That tells us, when we talk about reaching beyond our grasp, what it also tells us is that there's not a person alive today that is outside the grasp of the gospel. They're not, no one's outside of the scope of this message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is a message that was given once for all. And oftentimes in our lives, we, we kind of put people in categories. We put people that we like, we put people that are close to us, we put people in our family, our friends, people that we, we care about, we put them in this category of, hey, I want to reach them with the gospel because they're so, you know, they're so special to me, they mean a lot to me. What about the people who aren't special to you? What about the people that don't look like you and don't act like you, people you don't even like, people that you might see on television, uh, espousing the beliefs that are completely contradictory to what you believe, the kind of people that are saying things that is horrible as a Christ follower to hear those words? Because what we do is we put them in a category, well, they're, they're outside, they're beyond the reach. Uh, they're people, man, they've, they've lost it, they're gone. I man, let's focus over here. Listen. The Bible tells us that no one is outside of the reach of the gospel. Now, if that's true, which it is, it means this, is that we have to be faithful to tell the message of the gospel, to share the truth of the gospel everywhere to everybody at every time. My dad said it this way. He called it saturation evangelism, reaching every available person at every available time by using every available means. The gospel is important to everywhere, everyone. And that's God's plan for all of us to be faithful in sharing that message. Why? Because His love compels us. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, again, for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone, so the, those who receive His new life 
will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Christ's love compels us to share this message. Why? Because that is who Christ came for. He came for all. We do not have a monopoly on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We do not have a monopoly on this thing called faith. Christ came for all of us. He came for the nicest person that you've ever met, and he came for that jerk who lives down the street that's always getting on your nerves. He came for the person who's sitting next to you in church this morning, and he came for the person who's sitting on death row in the prisons today who is waiting to die for their sins, waiting to die for the actions they've taken, the, the crimes they've committed. Christ came for all, and that should compel us to be passionate about sharing that message to everybody and every time, everywhere. Why? Oh, because the world needs Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. There's an important part in this verse right here that we need to make sure we recognize. The rest of the world obeying the devil. It goes on to say in this passage, he's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Here's the deal. Recognize this. Satan is active. He is working. He has a plan, a strategy to get as many people as he possibly can in this world, to control them, to lead them, to guide them, to lead them away from God. Satan is at work. But make no mistake, the God that we talk about, the God that we serve, the God who sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us is the God who will give us everything that is necessary, everything that is needed to overcome the powers of the devil and to make sure that we reach people for Christ. The only thing that can change that is when we disobey God. The only thing that can change that is when we're not sharing the gospel. So think about that. When you are not faithful in personally sharing your faith and your love and your trust in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you are not sharing that, you are actually helping Satan accomplish his work. So we got to stop it. When we want God to do so much more, it means this, man, we've got to show up to the game. We've got to show up and, and, and serve. Can you imagine tonight the big game? You've got two teams that have been working their whole lives to get to this moment tonight. Can you imagine what would happen if tonight everybody showed up in that stadium, 100 million people turned on the television to watch that game, and those two teams showed up in that, uh, that uh, stadium, that, that stadium and, and walked out onto that field and decided, you know what, I don't want to play today. I've got things I'd rather do. I want to go play golf. I want to go hang out with my friends. I want to go, you know, uh, get a meal with a friend of mine. No, no, no. They're there, and they're going to play, and they're going to fight, and they're going to work hard because their ultimate goal is to win that game. Our ultimate goal should be to win people to Christ because there are two forces in this world, the forces of good and the forces of evil, and we play on the forces of good, and we better show up for the game if we're going to see God do so much more. So we've got to be passionate about it because the world desperately needs Jesus. We were once dead in our sins, 
but because of Christ, we have been made alive. It's time for us to be passionate about sharing that with others. And why is it so important that we do it now? Well, it's easy. Time is short. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36 says, however, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. Now, let me tell you what that means. That means this. We have no guarantees. Today, you're going to walk out of this place, you're going to get in your car, and you're going to drive home. You're going to go out and go about life. You're going to go to work tomorrow. You're going to go to school tomorrow. All those kinds of things that we have in our daily walk. And here's what's important to recognize. We are not promised one more minute than now. We're not promised one more minute than right this second. We could all be in heaven today. What will you be able to say of your faithfulness and what you did here to bring people with you? So what stops us? What keeps us from being faithful? The reasons why we don't reach. Well, it's easy. Number one, we don't know the gospel ourselves. Now, sure, we know the essence of the gospel. We know that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose again. We believe that. We've trusted him. We've asked him to come into our hearts to save us, and so we know that part. But when it comes to sharing that with someone else, man, we struggle. We don't feel adequate. We feel like, man, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't know what message to give. How am I going to share that? I'm embarrassed. I, I don't know what to say. Recognize this. It's easy to preach and to share the gospel. It's easy. It's an easy message that transforms lives. Easy message? Man, number one, God created everything to be perfect. Number two, man messed it up because of sin. And because of that original sin, all of us have been born with a sinful nature. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, we're all sinful and fallen short of the glory of God. And yet, because we sin, we messed up that which was perfect. We messed up that, that connection to and that relationship with God for eternity. But God still loved us, and He still sent His Son, Jesus, to pay the price for our sins so that He could reconcile us to Himself. And so Jesus came. He lived a sinless life. He was nailed to a cross. He died for our sins. He was buried. Three days later, He came back to life so that we could be made alive again because of Christ. And that all we must do is to believe that he is God's son, that he did exactly what the gospel says, to believe that, and we will be saved. That doesn't sound too tough, does it? I mean, that sounds pretty easy, but yet we don't do it because we don't really know it. We don't really understand it. Man, spend time studying, understand how I can share my faith. Second thing that keeps us from sharing uh, this message, we don't care where people spend eternity. That sounds, uh, sounds harsh, but it's true. We don't care where people, people spend eternity. Listen, understand this. There are two places for every person on the face of the earth today when they die. There's a real place called hell. There's a real place called heaven. Hell is a place of eternal damnation, a place of we uh, wheeling, uh, wheeling. <laughs> weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's a place for, for eternity and pain and sorrow and torment. That is a real place. And that is Satan's plan. He wants to get us all there. But Christ has provided a new place, John chapter 14. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said. And that place is heaven, a place where there is no more sorrow and no more tears and no more pain and no more death, eternity with Christ. Listen, until we care where people spend eternity, we won't be passionate about the gospel. Do you care where that person that you really in your life don't like that much 
do you really care where they spend eternity? Because let's be honest with ourselves. If there's somebody in your life that you've not shared the gospel with, a person you don't really care much about, a person that you've kind of, they're, they're kind of outside, and like, you know what, I've, I've, I've let go of them. I don't care about them anymore. Here's what you're really saying. You're saying, I don't care if they spend eternity in hell. Man, how awful that is to make that statement. We would never say it out loud, but we say it with our actions. We've got to care where people spend eternity. Third thing, we worry about what people might think. We get embarrassed, and this is nothing more than pride. And we know the Bible says this, pride comes before destruction, right? Haughty spirit before fall. In other words, pride will lead us to destruction, but it also allows other people to experience destruction if we're not faithful in sharing the gospel. Quit worrying about what people might think. Quit worried, worrying about whether they might laugh at you. Quit worrying about whether they might think that, that, that you're weird to share this thing called the gospel because it matters. And so things we've got to recognize right now, talking about this, the message of the gospel, to rehearse in our own minds what it really means. Let's remember the gospel. Number one, God is our creator. John 1, verse 1. We read it a few days ago when we started this day of this season of fasting and prayer. In the beginning, the word already exists. You know what that means? Before time began, God existed. Jesus existed. He was there before, he's there now, and he will be here for eternity. God is our creator, and his creation is full of sin. Read it a few moments ago, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But recognizing while all of creation is full of sin, recognize this, Jesus paid for our sins. He paid for our sins in full. Romans 3.24, yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. Christ has freed us through what He did on the cross. John 3.16, for this is how God loved the world. You know, this is New Living Translation. Let me go back to what we all know. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The most famous Bible verse of all, unless you're in elementary or preschool, then it's Jesus wept. But regardless, the most amazing message that there is, Jesus came because God loved us. And we received this payment for our sins simply by one thing, through faith in Christ. Through faith in Christ recognizing that he is exactly who he said he is, that he did exactly what he said that he did. Romans 3.25, for God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. It couldn't be any more clear than that. That message is not difficult. You don't have to have a seminary degree to understand it. You don't have to have a doctorate to, to, to understand the theology behind it. It's Jesus did this. We deserve to die for our sins, but yet God allowed Jesus to come, and here's what he did. He traded places with us, and Jesus died for our sins so that we might have life because of what Christ did. What an amazing story. And the result of that faith is just simply this, eternal life with Christ.
He goes on to say in Romans chapter 3, verse 25, this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back, and he did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. It's a simple story. It's a simple message. It's not tough. It's not hard to understand. It's not hard to grasp. It's a message that just simply makes sense. And yet we allow ourselves to stop letting people know. Because we just don't care. If we're going to see God do so much more, we've got to start caring. Apathy is the enemy to our faith. When we are apathetic in our faith, count on it. Guarantee, God will not do so much more. He will not do infinitely more than we might ask or think when we just simply don't care. So care. Care about where people spend eternity. Care about where your neighbors and your coworkers and your, your schoolmates and your friends, your family, care about where they're going to spend eternity. And if you truly care, then God's love will compel you to share that message of the gospel. This last 21 days, here's what I've been praying for personally for me. Man, I've been praying that God would make me into a soul winner like I can't even imagine. I've been praying that God would do a work inside of my heart that would, that would change me, that would, that would change the dynamic of who I am, that would, that would truly like push me to be a soul winner. And I don't mean a soul winner standing on a stage preaching. I mean a soul winner when I'm out living. And here's another prayer that I've been praying for. I've been praying for every single one of you that you would be the same. That you would do the same. Today as we come to the conclusion of our fast, today we ask you to read the last chapter in John, which is John chapter 21. It's interesting because that is a perfect parallel to what we're going to do here today. Because in John chapter 21, after Jesus had risen from the grave, after he had appeared a couple of times to the disciples, after he had been seen by over 500 people, it says that he showed up on the, the shores of Galilee. The disciples were out in the boat, and they were out fishing. They were fishing for food. It says that Jesus was on the, the shoreline, and he told them, because they were coming in, they hadn't caught anything, and Jesus said, hey, put the net on the other side. In other words, do something different. And God said, I'll do so much more. And they put that net down on the other side of the boat. When they did, man, they caught so many fish, they couldn't even, you know, they couldn't hardly pick it back up into the boat. It's amazing. And, and then he invited them onto the shore. And here's what they did. He invited them to come and, and to have a meal with him. But then after he had that meal with him, you know what he said? He said this, do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed my people. Do you really love me? Take care of my people. Do you love me, Jesus said. By this time, the disciples said, Lord, you know that we do. And then he said it again. That feed my people. It's the same thing that today we say to ourselves. In a moment, as our ushers are coming, we're going to have a time of communion. We're going to come to the Lord's table. We're going to have a meal with, with him. And as we have this meal with him, it's also a push 
by the heart of God that just simply says this, and go feed my people. I'm not talking about food. I'm not talking about take somebody to lunch today. What I'm talking about is to go out and to take the message of the gospel to the world because Jesus, remember we read it a moment ago, who did he come to save? Everyone, his people. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Today, as we come to the end of our season of fasting and prayer, that's the call for all of us. Now listen, what I want to do right now is, is we're going to walk in a moment into 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And what we do, we're going to see in that passage that it talks about how we should not come to this table in an unworthy manner. It clearly tells us don't, don't even think about sitting down and having a meal with Jesus as we're going to do here today in this place. Unless you are 100% right with the Father. Now, what does that mean for all of us? Well, number one, it means this, that if you're sitting here and there's unconfessed sin in your life, right now in this moment, here's what you need. This is the invitation right now. Here's what you need. You need to pray right now. God, forgive me of my sin. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. First John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness if we confess, right? So right now, as the ushers are passing the elements today, I just want you to take this time right now, pray. God, I'm sorry for my sin. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I've shared with you now, I think probably four times in this message, the gospel. I'm going to share it one more time. God loves you. You're a sinner. We all are. Christ died for your sins. He was buried and he rose again to give us freedom from our sins. And according to Romans, all that we must do is believe that Jesus did that to turn away from living for Satan, turn away from our sins and, and to believe and trust in Him. And the Bible says, Romans 10, 13, that if we call on His name, anybody, no matter who you are, you'll be saved. So right now, if you're sitting here before we come to the Lord's table, if you're sitting here today and you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, take this moment right now and pray this, God, I'm sorry for my sin. God, I thank you for loving me. I believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe that he died and that he rose again for me. So God, forgive me of my sin. Save me today through your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for saving me. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for joining us here today. You know, at Thomas Road Baptist Church, since our very beginning, back in 1956, we've been about one thing and one thing only, and that is to bring the message of hope that comes through Jesus Christ to the world. And today, my friends, we recognize we live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's full of division and conflict and pain and sorrow. But Jesus came to this world not to bring division and sorrow, but to bring joy, to bring peace, to bring hope. And today, that's the message that we want to share with you. And if you're watching this and you've never had the opportunity of, of connecting with him at that level, of understanding what it is that Jesus came to do, then I encourage you and I want to let you know the greatest news you'll ever hear. And that's this, God loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. In fact, he gave his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth to die on the cross, to pay for your sins and for my sins, to do for us what we never could do for ourselves. What an amazing gift that really is. God loves you. Christ died for you. 
But three days later, he rose again. And when he came out of that grave, he gives us victory over sin, over Satan, over the grave. He gives us the hope for eternity. But according to God's word, it's very clear. What we must do is believe. We must believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We must believe that He died and that He rose again. And if we do that, according to Romans 10, 13, anyone, that means you, it means me, it means every person that has ever lived, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so I encourage you today to recognize that hope that comes through Jesus. And if you've never trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, do so today, believing that He is who He said He is, that He did what He said that He did, calling on his name and it'll change everything. That is the message that we share. It's a message that we want to take to the entire world. And today I would encourage you to connect with us, maybe even financially through a gift. You can help us to take this message around the world. I encourage you today to stand with us as we stand with truth, as we stand with hope to let the world know God loves.